Hey, what's up folks? Welcome back to another 3D Hangout. My name is Noah Ruiz. I'm a designer here at Adafruit and joining me every week is my brother Pedro. Good morning everybody. I'm Pedro's Creative Tech here at Adafruit and every week we're here to share 3D printed projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. That's right. This is the show where we combine 3D printing and DIY electronics to make inspirational projects. Hello everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are live streaming and we're hanging out in the Discord chat room. So if anyone would like to ask some questions or just say hello. We are hanging out in the Discord chat room and of course all of the other chat rooms as we live stream across the inner tubes. Giving shout outs to everybody hanging out in all of the chat rooms, not just the Discord. We're on the YouTube, we're on Twitch, on Facebook, and LinkedIn and Periscope. Good morning to everybody hanging out. Happy Yay. inauguration day. Yeah, we'll try to get everybody out before noon. So we'll try to run through some things and hopefully we have a little bit extra time uh, for folks to get ready. So we'll start off with the things. Again, we are hanging out in the Discord server. So if you'd like to join us, you can join the many thousands of folks that are do, that do so. Uh, Discord.gg slash Adafruit is the invite link. Can we post all the links to all of the different uh, projects and uh, whatever we're talking about, all the materials and the assets as well as some great commentary always by Mr. Certainly Bruce. Hey, if we stop by just for that. All right, and next we will run through the kind of list of things that happen throughout the week. It starts off with Mondays at, every, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We have the CircuitPython meetings. However, this week and other weeks where, there, uh, where the Monday falls as a, as a holiday, we tend to push that. So this week's um, CircuitPython meeting happened on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And it gets posted as an archive on YouTube, but you can of course join live on a on a mon normally on a Monday at 2 p.m. Uh, on the Discord server. And um, there's a Circuit Python cake. It happened. It's real. Definitely want to tune in this <laughs> upcoming week for a pretty interesting discussion on some stuff that's happening. Yeah, some Circuit Python stuff. Say any more about that one? But mm -hmm. very exciting stuff. Adafruit Daily, if you'd like some daily content, you can subscribe to all the various categories that our folks on the CS team write up. So we have blog posts, uh, projects from the community, and more tips and tricks and all that sort of stuff. So adafruitdaily.com, standalone server website, so we don't spam anybody. So you can go there uh, to, to subscribe if you want some content on the daily basis. And then we also have a newsletter that happens once a week. This one's focused on the products, the new, new, new newsletter. You can go to adafruit.com slash a newsletter. How was that? That was good. <clears throat> Let's record I see, that one. Uh, Justin in here posting. We might have some maintenance on Adafruit IO from 11 Eastern Standard Time to about 1 p.m. today. So anybody trying to access their IO stuff, probably join back uh, right after 1 p.m. Yeah, just my, some maintenance. My sign. <laughs> it's like there it is. All right, it's still running because it is an IoT sign. Help wanted. If folks uh, would like to post up their skills or if you're an employer and you're looking uh, to get some help, you can uh, go to Adafruit's jobs board. That's jobs at adafruit.com. These are some really good jobs that are vetted by PTLMR themselves. And they were mentioning last week that there's some really good- There's like, some new openings, some new opportunities. Yeah. So please check it out if you, if you are so inclined. All right. See, going through the list here. Yeah. Blesk of Lady Ada happens every Sunday. 
uh, at like hacker times, normally around 9 to 10 p.m., so check it out. A little bit earlier last week, mm -hmm. so make mm -hmm. sure you have that bell notification clicked on so you get notified. I need to rearrange these now, because Tuesday happens, happens <laughs> after Sunday. I will make a note of that. JP's product pick of the week happens every Tuesday at 4 p.m. That's 1 p.m. PT time. Perfect time. Yeah, Pacific. that's where he goes over all the new products that are released along with some cool demos, code to go along with that. And as some people were saying, it was a little bit more than 50% off on Yeesh. the current product for that week. Super. It is streamed right on the product page, but you also get to it on Twitch and Discord and YouTube and all of the other streaming services. But definitely check that out every single week, Tuesdays, yep, 4 yep. p.m., 1 p.m. PT. Alright, I'm still stalling here. <laughs> uh, on Wednesdays we do the show at 11 a.m. That's what you're watching. But later tonight we'll have a uh, show and tell, so we invite you folks to come on. It's not the end of the show, I'm just running through all the, the show stuff. And uh, the, those two shows tonight. Uh, yeah, show and tell, we invite you to come on, 7.30 p.m. And then shortly after that is Ask an Engineer at 8 p.m. Lots of new news and things going on. <clears throat> oh, we're almost through, because Thursday we have John Parks Workshop, have a Zuri. Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Three cool projects involving MakeCode, MakeCode Arcade, and more demos for all the cool products and boards. Yeah. And then Scott happens on Fridays, sometimes on Thursday, but He's this week have is an Friday. Interesting one this Friday. I think. We'll, we'll see. There, there's, very, there's some, very interesting one. There's some Friday. things yet to be announced that there's we will actual uh, secrets that we don't Oh, talk there's about secrets? And, what? Tune into that. Where's my uh, secret, like, I don't have a secret banner. <laughs> like, it's uh, an actual real secret one. Yeah, I don't have a secret banner. We should come up with a new banner. <laughs> All right, well, with that out of the yeah, way, we're going to jump into this week's project. And it's a fun one. It's, a, it's been a long time in the making. So this week is the release of the Dark Saber. This is a 3D printed prop from the Star Wars Mandalorian season one and two and three and how many of our other seasons there will be. Yeah, it's confirmed. It'll back for season three. Excellent. Well, uh, this is the learn guide. It's public. Folks can check it out. Oh my god, it it's out. a huge learn guide. It's a massive guide because the assembly is documented to the teeth. Yes. If that's, I don't know if that's the slogan, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot of photos, over hundreds of them. So we're going to walk through some of the build stuff. And if you have any questions, well, now is the time to right ask them. Right off the bat, woohoo007 right. and um, Catlip is is asking about the NeoPixels. No, you do not need to get that. The $100 price tag is for a four meter, I believe, right? The whole reel. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the way it's, we'll, we'll talk about that, but yeah. They're as cheap as, what, 15 bucks? Yeah, it says like $100 for the strip. This yeah, that's a whole reel, reel of it. That would be four meters. Yeah. You only need two meters. And we're so sorry about the sticker the shock there. Yeah, yeah, it's 50 bucks. Uh, but whatever you know, LEDs you can find that'll fit, um, you, can, you can use them. Excellent. All right. So I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Yeah, sure. It's, fine. it's still considerably cheaper than going to Galaxy's Edge or... Yeah. <laughs> what was the, the pre-order price for the Hasbro one? Uh, there is a Hasbro one. Uh, I They're forgot the out. price. Yeah. I think it's like 250 or so, and it comes yeah. out in August. Mm -hmm. Ships in August. All right, so yeah, the, the home page just walks you through a couple of the features and things. It's a little bit different. It's a lightsaber, right, that has uh, Bluetooth control. So you can use the Bluefruit app. It's free to download for iOS or Android, and you can use the color picker to change the color of the blade. 
So that's really cool. We'll do a demo of that shortly. Um, I got a list of prerequisite guides. It's something that we tend to do with all the guides, just so folks know that there are independent guides for all the products. So for the Feather NRF52840, if you want to know all the pinouts and all the features uh, for that Feather, you can check out the Learn Guide for it. There's a Learn Guide for just the Prop Maker Feather Wing. So if you're making a project that's completely custom, you're going to want to take a look at that so you can see all the pinouts and the, all the, the details of like, you know, how many watts does the amplifier pump out, that sort of thing. And then, of course, the Welcome to CircuitPython if you're super new to CircuitPython and you'd like to learn more about it, we have two guides. The Essentials Guide will walk you through more of kind of the nitty-gritty stuff and example code. But if you just want to build the lightsaber, you can kind of skip all that. <laughs> but, but I, you know, take a moment to read it. Uh, so, yeah, all the products are here. Um, again, about the, uh, the mini skinny, you do need two, um, two meters worth of it. Um, there, there are 35 LEDs on one strip, but there are two strips inside. So 35 times two, that's the number um, 120, right? Oh, 70, sorry, not even 100 pixels. Only 70 pixels are in here. Um, so yeah, you could of course use a higher density strip, but I think you could get away with uh, even a low density strip since the, pl the placement of the, um, of the strip is inside the blade in the center of it, you're gonna get some decent light diffusion, whichever density of strip you use. Good, good. Battery, this is running the 2200 milliamp LiPo battery. It's good, good for a few hours, um, depending on your, uh, your, your brightness settings. This uses the 16 millimeter RGB LED button. This is the latching type because it lets you do on and off um, via the enable pin on the feather. And then the mini oval speaker. This is a nice little strong speaker that, uh, that we like using in all of our embedded projects. The rest of the stuff are cables, lots of different cables, JST cable for the NeoPixel uh, strips, uh, ribbon, uh, silicone ribbon cables as we tend to like our wires to be nice and neat and uh, using ribbon cables uh, tend, tend to, to really help do that. Uh, and a bunch of Pico cables, short headers, shrink tubing, tools, all the different tools that Adafruit stocks is, is good to, to, to help you build this thing, a stick vise, a pan vise, helping hands and some of the ancillary stuff like poster board. This is what's gonna create the insulation uh, for our two NeoPixel strips. It's double-sided back-to-back mini skinny strips. Love saying that. Double-sided tape, of course, for the covers. All right, so then that leads me to, well, why don't you guys come up with a kit? Well, we have a kit. It's called the Prop Maker Light Saber Kit, I guess. The Adafruit Prop Maker Starter Kit. It, it, it changed, awesome. This is great. Um, so a couple of things about this. I went ahead and kind of broken out what are the things that will, out of the kit, that will work with the dark saber, and what are the things that won't work, right? So the Prop Maker Starter Kit comes with the M4. The dark saber build uses the NR52840 feather because it has Bluetooth control, so the code is written for Bluetooth. Um, we can kind of rework it. We could use the, uh, the lightsaber code from the lightsaber project, of course. So you could use that if you don't want BLE control. So there's that option. There's, you can do whatever, but there's that option too. Another kind of main part of the kit is this speaker. This uh, speaker that's a part of the kit is a 40 uh, millimeter. Uh, the size of it is, is the diameter is 44 millimeters. Doesn't quite fit in the handle. So we weren't able to use that one. But the battery fits, so that's cool. So you get the battery, 
course you could use the, the prop maker, of course, and all the cables and heat shrink tubing, all that stuff will work fine. Um, the button, however, the button that's in the kit is a momentary button. The one we're using in the Darksaber is a latching button. So you could, I guess, rework the code a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the way it's set up. So if you want to get the kit um, and you want to build a lightsaber, that's for you because that's pretty much what the kit's for. If you want to build a Darksaber or not sure what kind of prop you want to build yet, well, that's why this starter kit is there. So I figured I'd kind of run down uh, some of the, the lists, uh, some of the features here um, on what, like if you would want to use the kit on the Darksaber. There, any questions on that? Because I'm still kind of like, hmm, okay. Just comments so I think far. We're good. We have a Yanni's comment on, yes, the infinite Z belt printers. Oh, I can't wait to talk that, about that. Uh, that yes, talk about I will that talk about the, the three three section yes, yes. of that. All right, let's write into the circuit diagram. Here's what the circuit looks like when the stuff's pulled out of the, of the hilt, right? Cool. Um, there's quite a bit of wires here for the RGB LED button because there's, well, RGB uh, uh, but, uh, LEDs in there. So I, I, I made a custom part in Fritzing. Fritzing is the open source software that we use to create these wire diagrams. You, there's a library for, um, for Adafruit parts. So if you'd like to create your own with all these parts, um, you can use the, this link here in the guide uh, to kind of create your own, um, your own uh, circuit diagram if you'd like for other projects. But however, I was saying this, uh, this little button here is, is, is kind of custom built. So I built that and there's lots of labels and stuff there. And uh, the labels are also on the button itself. There's so many pins on it. So that's why it's really helpful to kind of make a little table of, um, of connecting the RGB button. So I hope that's very helpful because <laughs> it's all broken out here. So. Yeah, that's good, right? For folks that are new to the Feather kind of platform, it has built-in LiPo charging. So when you connect it over USB and you have a battery connected, it'll just go ahead and start recharging the battery. So that's really nice. One of the best features of a Feather. So uh, that's about it for the fritzing part. A lot of the things just plug in, like the battery, the NeoPixel strip, and uh, the, the speaker. It just plugs right into those ports on the prop maker wing. So that makes it a little bit easier. However, um, some of the wires that come stock with the speaker uh, aren't long enough. So we do have to extend them. So I cover that in the guide as well. All right, that's the circuit diagram. Let's head on over to the 3D printing page. There's some pieces. None of them requ require support material. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> uh, so I spent some time uh, over the weekend uh, to make sure that the parts were, can fit on even the smallest of 3D printers. Well, what would that be? A build volume of 140 by 140 by 150 millimeters. Flip that, 150 by 150 by 140 uh, is, the, is the kind of minimum bed volume that you need. I think most 3D printers these days are gonna be around that. Uh, do you know what the Prusa Mini is? Is that 150? I wanna say it's about that size. Okay, so well, for us, what we have on hand is the Inventor 2 from Flashforge, or maybe it's Monoprice. Um, and uh, I made sure that all of the blade parts, the hilt, all of that uh, fits on the bed. A little bit of a tip though, you do have to rotate the blade parts at 45, degree, uh, 45 degrees so that it can actually fit diagonally across your bed. And that increases the bed volume a little bit, enough to like print this piece. So I hope uh, folks uh, can, with smaller printers, do in fact uh, do it, make it cool. 
just a couple of slice settings. Folks can use, uh, of course, other material other than PLA. Uh, for example, PETG is a great option. Uh, so these slice settings will vary. So this one's just for what I used on my Flash Print and Cura slicer, because those are the, the slicers for the inventor. It's the Flash Print, that's what they call it. So yes, all right, cool. Uh, the next kind of sections talk a little bit about the assembly. The assembly will change depending on what pieces you have. In, in terms of like the smaller bits, you're gonna have to glue those together. Um, the other bigger pit, like the single piece hilt, just prints in one piece, so you don't have to assemble that. But these just show you how the uh, the hilt and the blade emitter and the cross guard all fit thanks to the coupler that's embedded inside. So that's what that GIF is showing. Then the blade assembly is more um, is very specific to the two part blade. If you have a four part blade, I have omitted all of the screws because you're going to glue them anyway. So that's four pieces for the blade and those are all glued together. But if you have the two part assembly, you want to use these screws and hex nuts. They're M3 sized and they're about 10 millimeters long. And that's all listed here in the, uh, in the overview page, like the screws you'll need. All right, and then I went ahead and uh, kind of said, all right, well, there's a lot of parts now, so I might as well break them all out and name them and categorize them. So uh, I hope folks will, will use this to kind of figure out, okay, these are the parts that I want to print from my printer. So it's always complicated when you start splitting stuff up for particular printers. So parts for all printers, these are the parts that will fit on just about all of the printers, big or small, okay? One note, there is a little piece here um, that is, you, I recommend using TPU filament, that's that rubbery soft filament for the button O-ring, um, but you could try PLA, I think it, it will be okay. It's just like that extra grip that you get for the button O-ring. The button O-ring is this little extra kind of bit that, uh, that really secures the button. And it's getting a little detailed here, but I might as well say that this is kind of the only NinjaFlex piece, and it's just a tiny little ring. You know, I bet you could probably fashion your own with rubber band or something, but. I might as well make that little piece and say it's for TPU filament. Parts for the small printer. So the blade covers, the blade pieces themselves, one through four, and then the hilt top and the hilt bottom because the hilt got separated into two pieces. I even said like, here's the kind of build volume that I'm, uh, that this is recommended for, like minimum. And then here's the parts for the big printers. This is the size 300 by 300 by 400 millimeters. That's about your average CR10 uh, build volume. So what'll fit on there, the hilt is one piece, the blade is in two pieces, and the blade covers are also in two pieces. And then we get to the parts for giant printers. Because um, I, I specifically wrote for belt printers, uh, but then on Twitter, uh, um, Gmax? Uh, Dave Darko Everyone. was like, hey, I bet uh, Ivan's printer could print it, and he's got this massive, like, Printer, it's like, okay, I guess you don't need a belt printer for everything that's massive. You could just have a massive room printer. Uh, so you, that's a small part compared to that. Uh, but I figure I'd say like, hey, this is the full size, or the, rather the full length of the, of the blade, 670 millimeters or 26.4 inches long. And uh, it's a single piece. I am not able to print my blade in a single piece. So it'd be really fun to see someone do that. Same thing with the covers. So you only have one blade piece and one cover. You do have to print it twice, the cover, because it's you just mirror it. All right, so that's the giant printer pieces. 
And then there's parts for the stand. So I have the stand um, and uh, there's some extra pieces here uh, for, for different setups. And I'll show them uh, later in the show. Okay, so that is the 3D stuff. <laughs> Two links here. You get the STLs if you just want the STLs as is. Or if you want to modify the CAD, I have the step file and the Fusion 360 file if folks really want to go in there. There's user parameters and all sorts of fun uh, ways to modify uh, the dimensions. So uh, check that out. Cool. Any questions? Yeah, Take we a have a Wahoo or Hoo-ha 007. Uh, Adam was asking about the lower density black uh, mini skinny neopixels. And yeah, that'll totally work. The only difference is you might see the individual pixels shining mm. through. Maybe. Maybe not. May or Maybe may not. so. You can kind of see these. This is medium density. Yes. And you can kind of see where each individual pixel is on that. Not on camera. Um, probably not on Probably camera. more up here you could see that. So yeah, it'll just be more uh, But it's, it's pretty even. Um, you know. Oh, there I you think go. it'll be At pretty the even. There you can see when it dims Yeah, near the down. top because of it's starting when to When it dims skinner. down, you can see yeah, each individual that, <laughs> pixel. So that'll be the only downside to using the uh, the lower density. Right, uh, but you do get more you battery life because you're powering life. less pixels. You get pixels. more memory too for more animations. That's cool, yeah, And speed. if you didn't do any post-processing on this, so you could go in there and add more diffusers on the inside or maybe add like a piece of paper or something <laughs> in front. 100% infill, you could do whatever. Yeah, you, know? you could do that and that would yeah. definitely help with uh, being able to not see each individual pixel. So you, you could definitely go that way, it would just be a little bit more work or if you don't really care about that look, yeah, it'll work perfectly for that. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I foresee folks on. using their own um, pixels and I'm sure folks have some strips that they got on Amazon that you could probably use as well. Um, yep. You got it? <laughs> you got it. Cool. All right. Good question. So that is the CAD stuff. All right. The next pages, uh, I figure folks would start, uh, get, a, get a feel for the circuit diagram, feel for the parts, and now it's time to get the code onto the Feather NRO52A40. So we start off with Installing CircuitPython, the latest version of CircuitPython on your Feather. So this page walks you through that pretty quick. Um, you can do it fairly quick, yes. <laughs> so let's move on over next to the code. I want to give a big shout out to Liz Clark. She helped us put the code together for this. It's a mashup of the Master Sword code, some BLE color picker code. Came together and it works really well. Uh, so here's a list of all the libraries that you're going to need. Um, nice handful of libraries. Here's a screenshot of what your drive looks like. So your CircuitPython drive. Whenever you install CircuitPython on any of the Adafruit boards, when you plug it into a computer, it shows up as a USB drive. Your code is there, your libraries, and your sound files, because this is, of course, a prop with sound. So next up, here's a list of all the sounds, the WAV files, and a little bit of note. Uh, the CircuitPython supports uh, the WAV format. It's a 16-bit. If you want to create your own sounds, you want to use this information uh, to convert your audio clips. Cool. And then um, some of the naming conventions here. So you can change them out um, if you want to change the names. But just uh, three kind of groups of sounds. You have the, well, four. You have the on sound, which gives you that, that kind of power up sound. The idle sound, which is just the hum. And then you have uh, up to four different hits. Those are those crashes and four different swings. Um, you can add more or less as you'd like, as much as the space allows on the two megabyte SPI flash that's on there. 
Or maybe it's not SPI flash. I think it's the me the memory is probably built into the Anyway, so here's the code. It is on GitHub. Folks can um, can grab it, fork it, and all that stuff. So it, it, it will forever live on GitHub, I think. And again, sh shout out to Liz, shout out to Lamar and Katni too for kind of doing the the kind of gen, gen one version of the lightsaber. And now we're here in the dark saber. <laughs> it's Bluetooth. It keeps evolving. So that's awesome. So if folks want to uh, use different animations, you can of course do that. Um, you can change uh, the, some of the thresholds uh, for the sensitivity on the accelerometer. So if you want to uh, really fine tune it, you can do that. Um, here is the NeoPixel setup. So if you have more NeoPixels, it's actually 34. I said 35. Whoops. Let me redact that one. And of course, you can change the pins, but you want to leave the pins here because of the prop maker, right? Okay. Yeah. And then here are some of the, uh, the animation setups here. You can change this up. So yeah, I think that's about all folks. Oh, if you want to add more swings, you can append some new ones uh, uh, to these arrays here. So if you want to add more hits, just kind of go with five, six, or name whatever you want. As long as this name here matches your audio file's name, you can add as many of these. And they play randomly as well. As you keep hitting it, it'll just randomly play the next one. OK, I think that's about all the kind of customizy bits that folks would want to do. So there you go. All right. All right. So then the next page is really break down the sections of assembly. So setting up your 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 uh, your headers on your feather. Um, you want to use the socket style short. Uh, what is it? It used to be called just short short headers on the blue fruit because we want to have the prop maker on top. I like to use the breadboard when installing um, my headers. Line up all the pins. Yeah, it lines up all the pins and it keeps it in place. And then the, tr the trick here for installing uh, female headers is you actually put those socket headers into the, uh, the header pins, and then you can place your board on top, and then you can secure that down with a vise and solder it in place. Wiring up the prop maker. Uh, we got these series of cables, and we want to um, we want to increase the lengths of them, or rather decrease the lengths and make them shorter. Uh, so I have all the cable lengths here for all of the cables and the wires. So I just walk through that here. Setting up all my wires is what you want to do first. After you've soldered all the headers, it's wire time. The first sets of wires that, I'm, uh, that, I, that I recommend is, is the, the prop maker cables. So that's going to be the RGB button and the switch, or rather the enable and ground pin, because that's what's going to turn off and on the circuit. So I walk through that. All right, wiring up the button. There's a lot of wires here, so that's why everything's broken out. Um, we're slicing, or we're, we're kind of adding, we're not, we're, we're making it longer. <laughs> we need to make the wires longer, so that's what we're doing. And the other one, we made it shorter, now we're making it longer. So this just walks through all that. Here's a nice little, um, image of the pinouts for the button. I took, I kind of ripped this from their, uh, their spec, their data sheet and just made it more clear. So, uh, so folks can use this uh, and, and, and look at the labelings to help. Cause I did wire this wrong quite a few times. So I figured this will be very helpful. Cool. And it's hard to get a good photo of it. Cause like all the pins are in different spots. So I hope that helps. So there you go, wiring up the button. Once it's all wired up though, 
uh, it's easy to disconnect and connect it to the, the cables that we started to the, uh, to the prop maker. And at this stage, you can actually test the button and uh, test the circuit turning on and off because it's already wired. So that's cool. That's the, kind of the first circuit test there. Wiring up the speaker is fairly straightforward. We just need to increase the length of it. So we do that. NeoPixel strip assembly. Yes, so here's the real, here's the full reel. That's what it looks like. Um, so measure and cut it. What I did is I just kind of un, un, unraveled the NeoPixel strip and tried and measured it out with the, uh, the actual blade. So we haven't put the blade together yet in this kind of chronological order. So just bring the two blade or four blades together if you haven't glued them yet. And just to get an idea of what's the length you want to get that will fit in the center channel of the, uh, of the thing. So once you figure out the length of strip you want, or that you'll need rather, then you can start to uh, uh, create the insulation because the way this works is we have two strips that are back to back, but we can't just put them back to back because on the bottom of the NeoPixel strip are pads. And if those pads touch other pads, they're gonna short each other out. So to prevent that from happening, where you can use a couple of number of different things, I'm using poster board, which is a piece of plastic really. Um, it's a kind of a thick, maybe like, I don't know what's the thickness, maybe half of a millimeter thick. And that's enough to, um, you know, stop the, the things from, it's not, it's non-conductive material. So whatever you can find. Originally I used Capcom tape, but I was like, well, that's a lot of tape to tape up all of the things. Uh, so I went with this. It's just a really big piece of poster board. That's what it's called here, poster board, but you could use paper, I think, or something else. So if you'd like to fashion your own stuff. Yeah, um, paper would, would paper work, would work I think, yeah. Yeah, just make sure it's not too thick. So you'll wanna measure out um, the, the thickness of this to make sure that it still fits in the channel, uh, in the blade. All right. So then to join this, like to, like to bring those two strips and then sandwich in between that insulation material, I'm using double-sided tape. Um, also uh, just regular scotch tape to kind of wrap it around. Um, yeah, so because of the LEDs have enough spacing, I was able to use that spacing where the LEDs aren't uh, so that the tape wouldn't block the LEDs. I guess you could do that. You could tape up the LEDs, cover them up because it's transparent tape. It might actually, it might actually diffuse it. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so here's a photo of like the thing together. It's kind of hard to see. You can, of course, click on the image if you want to get it to look bigger. I clicked on it and uh, held down the command key so I can open it in a new tab. But here's the original image. It's about 5K or so. But you can see here that it's in the middle. There's some tape right here. Yes, <laughs> there's some tape right there and there's some tape right here. So like every other, every four or five LEDs, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap some tape around it. That way it really maintains, um, what do you call it? It maintains, uh, it's kind of- It's shape. It's shape, yeah. So here's what it looks like. It's, it's kind of cool to see a double-sided strip. Um, you don't want to bend it too much though, because you could, I don't know, break the tape or something. Um, so yeah, then uh, put it up next to your blade and you're gonna get ready to install it. But first you gotta wire it up. So I walked through the wiring. These, uh, these probably are the longest wires. And what I ended up doing was using two sets uh, of, of cables with three wires in each set. Uh, so you basically have six connections, but we're going to splice them and merge them together into one cable. 
So I walk through um, soldering up those two uh, strips individually with two of those cables, the ribbon cables. We're going to use some heat shrink tubing to insulate them here at the corners there, so that's nice. And then I, and then let's get a bigger image of this just to show what's going on here, kind of the technique. So here you can see, let's do an original, all right? You can see that we have one of those cables from the JST uh, connector, and then we have two of these ribbon cables. So both of these, right, are from those strips, and they're both the voltage wire. So I use two sets of third helping hands to keep them in place while I can just put some solder there. And that was, I think, the easiest technique for me to bring two wires and soldering it to one wire. So that's what we're doing here. And we pretty much repeat that process for, um, for all three of them, for, uh, for all three wires, right? For the power, ground, and the data. You want to make sure that you're using data in. I forgot to say that in the beginning, but if you're walking through it, you're, it, it, it says that. And here's what it ends up looking like. Two cables form into three of these wires here with, uh, with heat shrink tubing there to insulate them. Yeah, so I think that's good. And then here's what the kind of the total length of the cable looks like. Looks like that. It's nice and long and it should fit through the whole hilt. So at this point, we can uh, start plugging things in and uh, test out uh, the circuit as is. So this is what it looks like at this stage. You plug everything in and um, see if everything runs. You can test out the LEDs, the button, the speaker. Everything should be working at this point. Cool. And now, we now it's time to assemble the thing. So I walk through assembling the blade. This is going to change depending on which blade you have, whether it's the two-piece or the four-piece. Maybe it's the one-piece. Either way, um, once that's assembled, we got to install a, uh, a kind of a cap nut into the tang. That's this piece here of the blade. And that right there um, allows us to, uh, to secure the blade to the emitter once it's fitted inside. All right, so at this point, I install uh, the strip into the blade. And then uh, we get the wiring to fit through the tang. So the tang has a little bit of, where did it go? Let me try that again. Here we go. The tang has some extra uh, opening here for the cable for those two cables to pass through. Uh, so that's why there's uh, there's more room there. Nice and roomy. All right. Then at this point, look at that GIF. You can test out the light diffusion at this point once it's inside the blade. And now we got to install it. So definitely walk through this assembly. Um, as you need to install the emitter in the correct way. So I have these photos here. We're getting the blade emitter in to the blade. That slides in there like that. Make sure none of the wires get kinked. Then we can install that screw. Remember we installed that hex, that hex nut? Well, here's why, because now this is gonna, this screw is gonna um, catch onto that hex nut and uh, get a nice solid connection. And then that, that's what it looks like there with the blade emitter hooked up to the blade. All right, and then we're getting the, uh, the blade covers next. I found a little tip here. Um, when you're, so if you print, so if you print out your two covers, joining them together seems to allow light to leak through where those two uh, covers meet. So what I ended up doing is use a piece of vinyl or you could use electrical tape 
to kind of mask these two. So we like bring them together and then put that tape on top and that'll prevent any light from leaking through that seam, that joint. Um, so that's what I did here. Yeah, I just laid it on top and then trimmed it down here. You can see here in the, in the image here, I just like trimmed it down and now these two are, are kind of taped together with black tape. Uh, so once that's assembled, then you can uh, start uh, putting some tape across. Whether you'd like to glue it is up to you. I chose not to glue it because um, I like it to be modular. This is Nitto tape. You could use double-sided scotch tape, but I used the Nitto tape because it's a little bit stronger. Um, but yeah, you can put as many as you want here. I, I tried to spread them out a little bit so that if I ever need to take it apart, <clears throat> I, can, I won't have to fuss too much. And while we're on this uh, section of the assembly, uh, we have uh, Armin VP who's asking about the black covers of the print. He's saying that the Ender 3 leaves a rough finish on the top side of the flat print. Yes, um, perhaps uh, there, there's, some, there's some tools I think in the Prusa Slicer that allows you to kind of iron it down, comb it down. Mm. You could of course sand it as well. Cura or as well. if you have access to a vinyl cutter, you can actually cut the whole cover. I offer SVGs of that. So if I was, that was one of my plans. Uh, I just forgot to order long mm. vinyl. Uh, but yeah, on a vinyl cutter, you can like go as long as you want, which works great for this project because you can, you can uh, cut that whole cover out of vinyl. Problem is, or rather not a problem, but the next thing to, to do then is to transfer that vinyl onto the blade. Now, how do you do that? Well. I don't know. <laughs> you need uh, maybe maybe another set of hands. I just foresee that being difficult because whenever I apply vinyl, this is quite stick to the. Uh, it's just hard surface. to apply it into like to guide it and have it perfectly mm. applied on the edges, and to avoid air bubbles and all that. Maybe that's why I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to. So, uh, who had the below seven? Adam is saying that you can just get a cheap, uh, smooth surface plate for the Ender 3, yeah. So like a PEI a sheet, the yeah, spring-loaded, uh, the magnetic sheets. Mm -hmm. is, uh, you, we used glass, okay. but uh, you can definitely use the uh, PEI sheet and that'll give it a nice smooth finish. Make sure that your leveling is, you know, not digging into the bed. Uh, that'll avoid the rough uh, right. finishes for that, or the top mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And uh, try out the ironing, that might work. Yeah, the ironing feature, and is it Prusa or does uh, it's Cura, Cura does and, and Prusa. Yeah, I think okay. they all do it. Sweet. Well, well I mean, once we get them in, uh, I mean, once we tape our, our, our things together, uh, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yep. We could knock down. You could. We could have sanded this down and painted over it. And there's a lot of putty. more post-processing. Basically, no post-processing was done on our build because mm -hmm. <laughs> we ran out of time. But hey, folks are definitely going to do that. All right. Uh, next up, we're setting up the coupler. Uh, a little tricky to get these hex nuts inside of the coupler, so I recommend using tweezers. So here you can see I'm uh, fitting these tweezers uh, in there so I could just, so I'm using a long piece, a long M3 screw, fit that in through one of the screw holes, bring in, uh, you know, your, your tweezers with your hex nut in there, and then just start to kind of, you know, build the ship in a bottle. <laughs> uh, but hey, once that's set up, um, you can, um, just fasten the screw to to do this here to tighten it. It has a tight fitting, so you're going to want to have to be um, have to use a little bit of force to press fit that in when you're screwing in uh, the screw there. 
and I'm using uh, lock nuts here with a nylon insert. All right, so once those two hex nuts are in there, then we can fit the, the, the I want to call it a cross guard, but I think it's just the guard. So we can fit the guard over the, um, over the coupler, and then we start feeding in the NeoPixel uh, cable through the coupler with the guard installed. And then here's a little kind of, make sure it looks like that. <laughs> so once that's fed through, we can start um, securing the coupler to the blade emitter because we fitted it on there. And now we have our pretty much assembled blade emitter guard coupler. And uh, at this point you can plug that into the NeoPixel port on the prop maker and test it out. Because we did all the work of, uh, of setting up our covers, we want to see how it looks. And it looks pretty good there. All right, next up, button assembly. Here's that little washer, the little hex, uh, the little NinjaFlex TPU uh, washer there. You can fashion your own, but that's that's what I use NinjaFlex. So this one gets fruited into the uh, into the hilt. So there's a hole for the button in the hilt. Pass those cables for the button through the through that hole, and then uh, get those those hex nuts and washer in through those cables, and then feed them back in through the handle, and then kind of push them all the way out. This shows it was hard to get this shot because it's kind of a tight fit inside there. There's enough room for the cables to pass through, of course, but you can see here how because of the shape, the oval shape of this, uh, I couldn't quite secure the, the stock hex nut onto because the body of the button is threaded. So what this allows you to do is it just gives you that extra bit of space that you'll need to secure that hex ring. So that's what that's doing. And uh, that's pretty much installing the button and then just pass those cables through. So here is the on off uh, cable and the cable for the RGB button, like the, uh, the LEDs rather. All right, and then we're walking through the feather. So installing the feather into the PCB holder, um, use a combination of hex nuts and uh, M25 screws because those are the, si the mounting hole sizes for the feather. So I run through that. Um, before you can install, before you can secure the feather to the PCB holder, you kind of have to connect some stuff. So that's why I walk through connecting the bits that you need to connect first. But I preface it with, hey, you should install these, uh, you know, the screws and hex nuts into the board and then connect the speaker, the battery, and then the RGB button here. So that's basically what we're doing here. And then we can, well, almost then because, well, we gotta now install the cable. So we fit the cable, the NeoPixel strip cable through the, the hilt, pass that through the bottom, and now we can start to assemble the hilt into the last remaining piece of the coupler. So we do that. And then now it's safe to connect the NeoPixel uh, cable to the NeoPixel port on the prop maker. Let's go ahead and fit the speaker into the speaker holder Without this holder, your, your, your speaker will just rattle around in there. So this specially designed holder um, press fits. You just press fit the speaker in, and there's a hole on the other side, so you can still pop it out. Um, but no need to glue it in place because it has a tight fit. Battery just slides into it. It doesn't clip. It slides into it. So don't clip it. Slide it in. That's, that's the method there. And because of the shape, um, we'll walk through it in a little bit here. Now, after the battery has been fitted into the holder, then it's safe to install and secure the feather with the prop maker wing on top into the PCB holder with these extra hex nuts here. And that's what it looks like. You do have to trim the screws. 
Um, but they're nylon screws, so super easy to trim. And then you get these uh, nice flush uh, little screws. All right, and then here's just a shot of like looking at it inside the, the thing. There's, there's still plenty of room for extra connectors and cables, so that's nice. And that's the PCB holder. All right, so the first thing that gets, well rather the second thing I guess that gets installed into the hilt is the speaker. So the speaker is fitted in, passed through. It should slide in there nicely. Followed by that is the battery holder. Before fitting the battery um, all the way through, I start to um, fit the cables from all the, I'm just cleaning up my tabs now. <laughs> I, I have to fit all of the cabling through those little sides of the battery holder. So you can see here that in these little, in these little, uh, these little areas here, you can wedge in those connectors and that helps to kind of, kind of organize, keep the cables from being kinked and organized. So they pass through there nicely. Um, so once that's in, you can start fitting it in through the hilts and then just push it all the way through. And then from there, you can start to, to feed in the feather holder, the PCB holder rather. And then that's about it. So there's a little bit of an extra geometry here at the end of the PCB holder because that allows you to still pull it out. So if you ever need to pull it out, you can just grasp onto that ledge and pull it out. And that ledge prevents the PCB holder itself from being shoved in all the way. Because of that ledge is there, it's, it, it prevents, um, maybe it's a flange, it prevents it from, uh, from being pressed all the way into the hilt. And then the, and then the pommel can just fit on top of that. There's no screw or anything for the pommel, it's just a press fit and it, uh, it just pops open if you ever need to open it again, which you will when you want to recharge the battery. But that's it, that's the hilt assembly. Uh, the next page just walks you through kind of playing around with the app, um, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, self you uh, open the app, you download it first for whatever device, open it up, and once you turn it on, it'll start advertising itself. So now that it's on, we can uh, go to our, our mobile device and type in blue fruit, and we can change up the, uh, the color of the blade. Okay, so uh, once it's on, you'll see that, the, uh, that it shows up as a circuit Pi device with a little bit of a unique ID. This is currently white, so I'll go connect. Establishes connection, fairly quick. We go to controller. Under the controller module, there is a color picker module. So let's click on that. We can change the color. You ever seen a red dark saber? Or how about a pink one? Purple? Well, the rumor is that it's powered by Beskar. Oh, that's, that's I don't know what that means, but yeah, it's powered <laughs> by metal. There's a, it's yellow. So a really quick question that I got on Instagram, I think a couple days ago, somebody was asking they had built the lightsaber and was wondering how they could add Bluetooth connectivity to it. Oh, this it's is as great. simple as just switching out the uh, M4. For right, because all the connections and everything will work because it's all the same prop maker. Mm -hmm. They're all the same pins. So here is the... Um, the, the, the watch device, the Apple Watch, um, it, it has a, it's a companion, like it just automatically comes bundled with the, the Blue Fruit app when you get it for iOS. So this lets you do 
a different style of color picker. It has like palettes. Shout out to Colin Cunningham for coming up with these. So these these are, I, I find these are better than like picking the color wheel. Like you're sure you can fine tune the colors and all that. But uh, these are these are nice sets of shades. Super quick to get to. Yeah, it's, it's quicker to kind of control these. If uh, if you're in a in a tight spot or something, I don't know. But any manner, there you go. Yeah, so you can have your pick. And now that the the mobile app runs on like the M1 devices from Apple, I guess you could use your desktop too. Yeah, that's neat. I've posted about that. It looks super cool, just running it right from your computer, so you don't have to have another board to uh, take up that spot. And of course, we made two of them. One yep. for building in the video. Oops. Yep. So obviously for these, it's really good for taking photos, but um, in terms of battling, uh, they're not, you know, maybe if you print it in PET G and have like, you know, five walls or perimeters for that, that might make it nice and strong, but we're not gonna test that. Uh, we have tested it with the lightsabers, which did have I did have drop it and it did survive, so that's cool. Um, one of the other things that was uh, tested too was printed or making these out of acrylic too. Yes, the blade. Yeah, the blade. so I have SVGs of the blade. Um, so you can laser cut this with some different material. So if you'd like to go that route with acrylic, um, you can use those SVGs and it fits in the emitter. I have tested that. I just didn't actually go through and build the blade out of acrylic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty expensive for getting the acrylic parts. So definitely I'm a lot more better. Um, it's in about terms 50 of bucks. It's not too bad. Yeah, but if you already have a printer that can fit all the sizes on yeah. there, even if it's just the smaller uh, parts, it's gonna be a lot more quicker than ordering something. Or yeah. if you already have a laser cutter, go ahead and try that. Uh, you didn't like it just because of the amount of time that you had to spend mm -hmm. on actually sanding down. Yeah, I spent the, the day sanding and I was like, oh man, then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, let's see, some other things I guess I could say. The stands? Definitely want to print oh, out the you. stand. Oh, thank you. Oh my goodness. So the stand, we're going to have to rework the shot here. I think it's okay. Let's just do something so like here's this. Here's the stand of this. You just go like that. This is modeled after the Hasbro version. Yeah, and I'll pull that up too. So yeah, it's a, it's a fairly large stand um, and it has these snap fit pieces. So these just kind of clip into uh, into those, into these little uh, pieces here. So the top gets this top here, which is open, and then this circular bit fits over here like that. But it prints flat like that, and these pieces are printed separately. So it stands up like this, and then Peter's gonna put it in. So the 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 pommel, it, this is fitted for the pommel, and then this guy right here just rests uh, right there like that. And there you go. Is it tippy? Not not too bad. I would. Um, Maybe add some rubber feet down here or something to uh, <laughs> to keep it from sliding around the table, but that's the way I have it set up. And so far it's working out really, really good. Um, like it hasn't fallen off of the stand yet, so that's cool. Uh, you really wanna line that up there. There you go. There aren't any edges there because of the way it's printed, so that prints without any supports, but uh, there you go. A couple of patterns here to make it look like Star Wars, right? But it can fit like this or like this. Right, so one of the things that, um, that I, I wanna say is that let's say you want to take the pommel off, right? You just take that off and then you put it down here. It's gonna fit all the way through. I guess you could have it like that, but I printed out an extra piece here 
And this one has a little lip on there so that it catches it right there before it falls through. So that will catch it there. So if you want to charge your battery and have it on the stand, there's a USB port. So you can have your, your cable pass through here like that. And then just kind of have it either in there for, 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 uh, for charging or if you just want to reprogram it and have it on your table like that. Yeah, it's that's, perfect. That's great. A little stand for testing out on any of your animations or programming for that. Now you could use support material for this, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. It, my, the printer should be able to catch that. So that is printed without any support. Even if there's overhangs, it should interfere with anything. Right, because what you're just touching is the edge here. So there you go, there's <clears> the pommel. Yanni's saying that uh, needs lights too. I'm thinking he's talking yeah, about the right? stand. The stand would be there cool. There is lights in there? I would love it to be wireless charging. That's gonna have to be mm. for V3, right? A, a wireless charging thing would be super cool. So if you put this down, it starts charging. Like it makes it sound. And then Ken is saying that after watching this, he really wants to try this out. He might have to Yay. change his near-term printing making plans. Yay. Okay. Yeah. This is definitely a really good one to try out. Um, the next ones that are coming up, uh, Lamar requested the Ahsoka. Ahsoka's uh, smaller blades. Yeah. Some, smaller yeah, blades. I can't wait to make another lightsaber. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've learned so much here when it comes to assembly and disassembly that I really want to apply all the things that I learned to the lightsaber build. Because uh, right now it is definitely, I think, more intensive. Like there's just more steps, there's more wires. For, for this, is this the original uh, lightsaber build? This is what. You know, this is what really uh, is for the lightsaber kit, is to build this a very exact same thing. Yeah, but you plug that in just yeah, so sure. it's on. Yeah, and here's one of the things I kind of want to prove on it. The, the, the actual PCB is in here, and I have this battery here. It, you could keep it on, because it kind of, um, the button here uh, literally turns off the NeoPixels, so when you turn it on, you can also turn it off. So that's one feature. And it's super loud. There is a, the, the speaker is just so much louder. But what's cool is that it does go into a sleep style state. So when I turn this off, it's not actually turning it off. It's just, it's just telling the code, hey, play the off mode and then like go to sleep as in like turn off the, uh, the NeoPixel um, and the, the amplifier but the code's still running. It's just in this kind of sleep state. So when you want to turn it back on, there you go. And it is super loud. Uh, one of the reasons why it's thicker is because, well, it, I wanted to accommodate space for that big speaker, so. It is bigger. When it, when it comes to ergonomics, like, like, this isn't the best. It kind of hurts my hand. Which this is, feels so good as it's... It's a katana shape. It's, so. it's shaped like a katana, and that really helps with, like, holding it. And it's, it's like, um, Sure, it looks cool. Um, well, it's just this, it's, it's more ergonomic. And this extra button here uh, currently doesn't do anything, but we could, you, you could program it to do something like I think change somebody, the color. Yeah, somebody, somebody has, color. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm starting to see other folks reworking it, and I can't wait to rework it. I really want to fit this down here and then bring the speaker somewhere else. <laughs> the other cool thing is that you can actually battle with this one since it does have a yeah, polycarbonate. And it's pretty strong here. This is all nice and thick. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some things I, I, I want to improve. Um, so there you go. Now the question from Huha007, Adam is asking, is there enough room on the chip? I think he's talking about the feather to copy over the entire library, make life easier. Yeah, so not currently. I guess if you had like the SD card add-on, you could fit the whole library. 
uh, bundle, right? Is that what we're talking about? The library so. bundle? Yeah, yeah. library bundle's kind of big, and uh, you don't need all that extra library, so that's why in every CircuitPython guide, we have a list of here's the libraries that you need. And um, I think at some point we're going to make a video where it's like, well, why? You know, yeah, how do you install the bundle? And you know, why, what's, the, what's the method and why? So uh, there just isn't enough space, and you want to just put only the libraries that you need. For this one, it's the NeoPixel library, the LED animation library, the Bluetooth library, and the LIS3DH, which is the, uh, the model number for the accelerometer. Uh, so those are the libraries. Uh, some of the IoT ones have like 12 libraries. This one's not <laughs> that bad. Not that bad. And, and uh, lots of inspirations for people wanting to build their own. Yes, yeah, it's definitely a really good one to get started with. Oh my god, uh, it's so super, much lighter. Yeah. It's like basically double the, 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 double the, uh, mm -hmm. the weight. Of, of the weight. Or half the weight of the lightsaber. Right. Right. right, right, right. The, the polycarbonate is thick and weighs a little bit more. So that's, that's fun. Yes. So, uh, continuation of some more props that will be coming up next. We said before. More lightsabers. Yes. I need to make Improved. a stand for this. <laughs> I, don't, I never made a stand for this. I need to make a stand. I made some wall mounts, but like I don't want to drill into the wall right now. All right. Um, man, we got to go. <laughs> we gotta, that's it for the lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're we're going to run we through got a the bunch time lapse. Of, oh, okay. Yeah. So here save it is. But yeah, that's this week's time lapse. Super cool use of multi material. Uh, not printed, but used in the actual print. This is a really cool clear dice tower. And what Go. impressed me was, uh, first of all, the staircase printing. Uh, tip on printing the staircase. If you're trying to time lapse it, it'll probably fall over, even with the Z hop oh. on it. So I had to turn off the time lapse for that, but we were able to get a very nice fail. And it what I'm using for the clear par is this the transparent sheets that are used for like um, overheads, overheads. Um, binders, that sort of stuff. So it's an 8x11 sheet. You wrap it around and you got some tape here that's yeah, transparent. You can see where it's connected together. But this is such a great little way to create this kind of custom uh, kind of glass looking thing. Mm -hmm. And it works pretty well for this. To be able this. to see everything going down. Yeah. It's really cool, especially when you're playing a game with these. Of course, the, uh, the dice. Uh, these dice are all 3D printed as well. You can just search for dice. You can see one that has like all these D10s and 20s and whatever, mm -hmm. whatever numbers of them. And these are so fun. There's so a, cool. a bit of a lip here, so you can see that's where it press it's fits inserted. into, so that the, the print is what keeps its shape. It helps keep the sheet's shape. Mm -hmm. So it just press fits into that. Same thing with this right here at the top, right? There's a yeah, bit of a there's cup. two little pieces right here that hold the... Uh, the transparent sheet in place. It's so detailed. I love this thing. Like all these little bits there. So good. Yeah, there was a bunch right. of uh, uh, retraction goop that you just clean up with an X-Acto knife, and that cleans up very, very well. Cool. And here's a little, uh, a little edit of uh, kind of the behind the scenes of putting it together, getting shots of it, and uh, actually creating the bit. Here's the fail. Get a little bit of a rat's nest, or maybe it's a bird's nest. <laughs> Even with a brim on there, it's still it's gonna still fall over. Fun. At least for the, the time lapse that yeah. I had. And again, there's a couple of times where I don't do a time lapse just because it just would not print with oh, wow. the uh, Aqua okay. Prints time lapse mode. Um, here you can see how it's printing this 45 degree angle on that, and successfully printed after disabling the time lapse. <laughs> That's great. Challenging print, but there we go. 
totally worth it though. So folks, if you wanna... Oh, and if you skip a little bit more, you can see can. the actual <laughs> brand of the transparency sheet that I use. It's the one that you can find on Amazon. Yeah, we also use, we also link to it in a whatever learn guide. We used it before. Somebody mentioned that the guy here. We're um, not on time, Pedro. Oh, <laughs> like, you're using like soda bottles or something. So there's other clear uh, plastics mm -hmm. that you could use. Okay. And then a uh, huge shout out to, uh, to Hippie Ninja. Wow, these look good. Uh, he, he, Hippie Ninja uh, shared this with us on Thingiverse. I really appreciate this. Is he, he made this as an Xmas present for his wife. She loved it and is going to add a nose piece uh, of TPU to give it some cushion. That is so great to see. Wow. Uh, excellent. Really, really fun. Yeah, yeah, really fun silk uh, color there. All right. And the last one that we got this week was uh, uh, the Octoprint Raspberry Pi Rig, the 3.5 inch Pi TFT touch display. Super cool. I like the description as well. One of his first makes, put it together, put together a pie hole and wanted a case for it. Very cool. This fit perfect. Like that. Yes. I think we're going to have to revisit the Octoprint Raspberry Pi. You think? Uh, a little rig. Yeah. The one that we have here is, you know, it's a little old. Okay. We'll definitely have to update it to make sure that it fits the Pi 4s. Okay. And I forgot to say, yes, Pedro, he put a link there, but I do have two Larabella tutorials on the Darksaber, particularly a CAD walkthrough and then. Uh, a step-by-step -step on how I uh, split up the parts uh, for smaller printers. Mm -hmm. The small parts Oof. are already there if you just want to print those off. All right. Well, tonight we'll, we hope to see you on Show & Tell. It's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Ask an Engineer work uh, happens right after that. Sorry about the end of the show, but uh, we did walk through the things in the beginning, so I'm not going to do the, the thing. But thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you later tonight. But until then, remember... To make a great day. A great day. And may the make the force be with you. Mm -hmm. Bye, Say folks. Good night, folks. We'll see ya. Bye.